Hey, welcome to today's podcast. This is Michael Becchio with Brilliant Perspectives, and I have a special snippet to share from Graham Cook today. In this episode, he talks about some of the mentors he's had through life, all of whom played a part in bringing him to where he is today. He shares a bit of what he learned from each mentor and the impact that had on his faith, journey, and development. This is a short piece, but it's filled with some great nuggets. I really, really enjoyed it, (laughs) and I'm guessing you will too. So let your heart be lifted and your soul encouraged as you listen, and maybe see if the Lord highlights something or someone related to mentorship in your own life. Enjoy. Hi, this is Graham Cook. Once in a while, I love to do a Q&A session with people from our brilliant community. So let me answer a few of your recent questions. This is from Rachel. Who was your most impactful teacher and mentor, and what did they teach you? Oh my gosh, I've been so fortunate to have a number of people. Um, Some of them who God brought into my life, and some of them I jumped on their back and tried to get a free ride. My favorites are all the ones that God gave me personally. Um, So uh, Arthur Burt was uh, old time kind of latter rain prophet. And Arthur taught me about walking by faith. He taught me about trusting God's promises. He would say, he he had this North England accent and he would say, promises are the currency of heaven. Make sure you've got a few in your pocket. (laughs) He taught me how to live by faith. He taught me that circumstances um, without God are not worth thinking about. It's the circumstance with God. You have to imagine God in that circumstance with you. And when you can do that, things open up. Another mentor was a guy called Gerald Coates, who taught me non-religious Christianity. He taught me about legalism. Uh, He taught me about being in Christ. He taught me about not having religious thinking, religious language, or a religious lifestyle. He taught me how to walk with God simply and openly and honestly. And uh, he was was the leader of a network I was in called Pioneer. And uh, in Pioneer, we, uh, we learned to pioneer, which means you're the first one to do something. A pioneer who's do, who is someone who does something that nobody else has done. And we certainly did lots of that. And, and he taught us how to not be afraid. You know, that when, when God's asking us to pioneer, he's totally right there with us and he's going to totally enjoy the process. And then I had a friend, uh, probably my favorite, I think, would be Graham Perrins. Graham was uh, my prophetic teacher. I think he's the best teacher on prophetics in the world, honestly. And he taught me about the lifestyle of a prophet, you know, that um, about your eyes and your mouth and your heart all being in sync. Taught me how to see in the spirit. Taught me about the role of the prophet in society, in culture, in a particular city. Taught me how to partner with the Lord. And he was the one that really instructed me on, Graham, you've got to know your voice in the kingdom. You've got to know what God wants, not just what God wants you to say, but the voice that you have in particular circumstances. And he was the one, when I was really 
stuck in my prophetic ministry, he was the one who looked at me and said, you know, the way you've done prophecy up to now has been to move in the gift, but now you're moving in the ministry towards the office. And I think God is changing you from being a blessing prophet to a building prophet. A blessing prophet is someone who could prophesy over everything that moves and everything that doesn't. And certainly in the early days around Europe, I would be prophesying over 200, 300 people a night. And, um, and then when I came into this realm of being a building prophet, all that personal prophecy dried up. 95% of it went away because now I have different things to think about. And he was the one that really saved my sanity and my ministry and helped me make the transition. Fabulous guy. Another guy was Tony Morton. And Tony taught me wisdom. He taught me strategic ministry and, strate- and giving strategic talks. He taught me about, you know, don't just, write, don't just put a talk together for something. Ask the Lord what he's doing, what he's opening up, where's the sticking point, where are people not seeing anything or not moving, and to speak into that. And I remember one time we were in uh, South Africa, we were in Johannesburg, and the organizers have said, we're expecting like 1,500 people. And uh, 75 showed up. And everyone's thinking, well, you know, we need to, you know, shut it down and cancel it and give everyone their money back. And Tony said, uh uh uh, we haven't come thousands of miles to do nothing. And so some of the other speakers went away, and Tony and I stayed. And he said, no, we're going to do this conference. And I'm thinking, okay, this is like a huge room with 75 people in it. And um, as I'm getting ready to go up on the, on the stage, he walks up with me. And, and he says to me, okay, so you see the people, that small group of people in front? Yeah, don't look at them. Look on the back row and find the place where you believe that Jesus would be sitting. And you'll know because your heart will just start to you know, get excited. He said, look for Jesus, talk to him. Don't just talk to 75 people, talk to an audience of one and know that through him, this talk will go around the world several times and hundreds of thousands of people will hear it. And it's like stunning piece of wisdom. And I did, and it's one of the best conferences I've ever done, I think. And, and, of course, those things, it's gone around the world many times. And I'm still hearing people say, man, those sessions in Joburg, they were outrageous. And that was 25 years ago. But it was just a stunning piece of wisdom that I loved. And another of my favorites is Bob Mumford. Bob taught me about sonship. He taught me how to love the learning because he's... he's he loved, I, I used to sit in his study at his home and uh, we'd look around and, and he would be like, when he had a Bible open in his hand, he was always gleeful, like, you know, excited, like it was his birthday or something. And it was the same every single time. And I would look at him and I said, you know, how old are you? How old are you? You're like 78. You look like a five-year-old. And he would just look up and smile at me. And that was it. He was so happy in the learning. He loved the learning. He also said to me, you know, again, a classic piece of wisdom was, Graham, 
stay on point with the classic Jesus. He would say, there are no trends in the kingdom. There's just the classic Jesus. Preach the real, true Jesus. And don't go to events that are just trending because it's not worth the bother. Nothing will happen. Um, it's all smoke and mirrors. Stay with the classic Jesus and, and the kind intentions of God and the will of God and the purpose of God, and you can't go wrong. Stay on point. Brilliant advice. I loved all those guys, you know, and they were there at key moments in my life. So brilliant. Hey, Rachel, thank you for asking that question because you just brought up so many memories in my heart. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for your questions, guys. So, hey, you can keep up to date with me on my blog, brilliantperspectives.com. And if you want to take a look at uh, Brilliant TV, we'd be happy to see you. And I think you'll find us some good stuff to chew on over on that site. So thanks for being with us. I really appreciate it. I love when Graham talks about what he learned from his mentors. <laughs> I've gotten to personally hear these stories and others like them from Graham as we dialogue. Whatever the Holy Spirit quickened in you while you listened, I encourage you, explore it with him. Have a conversation. Ask him to show you more. Ask him to reveal his heart to you about it. And take the time to there's something that maybe you haven't been seeing that he's been wanting to show you. For me, while each one of the points Graham highlighted are worth deeper consideration, I want to focus on just two of them as we close. Number one, one of Graham's mentors taught him how to live with God simply, honestly, and openly. He said, it's so easy to overcomplicate life with Jesus. Paul expressed his grave concern for the Corinthian church that as Eve was deceived by the enemy, he feared that their minds also be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. This is a life or death matter in the kingdom, and our adversary is all too keen on distracting or tricking us into the simple way of life in God and trust in Christ. And number two, Graham described how Bob Mumford exhorted him to stay on point with the classic Jesus, charging him to remember that there are no trends in the kingdom. There's just the classic Jesus. This brought to mind another of Paul's critical points to the Corinthians, this time from his first letter, in which he wrote, I resolved to know nothing while among them except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And furthermore, he declared, my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. And who will the spirit and power of God always point to? That's right, to Jesus. All of human history, the will of the Lord, and the divine plan of God since ages past hangs upon one man, Jesus. Beloved of God, let's recall and reassert together with certainty that the testimony of Jesus speaks for itself. We don't have to try to make him cool or acceptable, trendy or up-to-date. As the book of Hebrews proclaims, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is for a good reason. It's because he is the best thing there is in all of creation, just as he is. And nothing and no one else will ever compare. Be blessed this week, beloved, as you live in the kind intentions of the Father 
and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our glorious faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and took his rightful place at the right hand of the throne of God, where he will reign forever and ever.